Good day, and welcome to the Talk It Out podcast. It's Sunday night, and I'm here tonight with the myth of the angry black woman. You know, myths and stereotypes, like smoke and mirrors, they just cloudy the reflections of something else. The music I'm listening to tonight begins with the brilliant, and I'm not going to say she's angry, but she's got mad skills. The brilliant Nina Simone. The song is, I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. This is from live in Montreal in 1976. My name is Neil Bailey Harper, and thank you for joining me on the Talk It Out podcast this evening. Hope you are well. If not well, I believe you're getting better. Uh, It's a wonderful day. Every day above ground is walking the sunshine. And this, this, this topic right here. Now, here's the other thing, too. I know I try to speak on things I know of. Um, and if I don't know of them, I will do research to help me understand it even more. So I can, I can dive in with this, y'all. I can dive in with this. But before I can tell you why I can dive in with this. I want to tell you a few other things. I want to clear the air a little bit. No smoke and mirrors. Let's just clear the air. Um, we are fed information from a very, very early age, uh, from our immediate environments, and from what information we can get by seeing things from afar. I remember being in a. Uh, I was in the um, hospitality business for years. And I was at a new hotel opening and one guy from the staff came out and spoke to all the employees. And the first thing he told everybody was he said, okay, I need to find out if anybody here knows who the fuck they is. Now, we all kind of thought about it for a minute. He said, no, I need to know who they is. And he was using they as a, as a noun. He said, I need to know who they is. Is they the person, what, what does they look like? Does they walk around, you know, looking like Cousin It or, or on, on Adam's family? Does they have three legs? Does they have four eyes? Who is they? And what he was referring to was how we pass information among ourselves. And it doesn't come from me to you or it doesn't come from uh, Bill to me to you. It's what they say. Who is they? Well, I'm going to try to get as far away from what they say tonight. And every time I do a podcast. But I'm going to get as far away from what they say. This is about what I'm saying. And about what you say. Again, like I say, I'm talking to you from the boardroom. But I want you to take this conversation into your little breakout groups. Whether it's family, friends, foes, whoever you... Whoever you chalk it up with, take this to take this conversation there. So let's get that out of the way. We don't know who they is, so I'm not I'm not going to sit here and tell you what they say because I never met they. Number two, um, your point of reference. What is your point of reference? Okay, not what you think you know about something. What you firsthand information. Now, sure, our, we have we have point of references on things we experience. We have point on point of reference on things we know nothing about. Example: I had a student once, a high school student, 
whose father took him to France. Um, and when he got back, the first thing he told me that he noticed about French people, this might have been 10, 20 years ago, but he said that there weren't a whole lot of fat people in France. He wasn't saying it in a negative way. He was saying it from an 18-year-old's eyes who had heard about a country he'd never been to, and he got there, and on land, walking around, he noticed there were not a lot of obese people. For what it's worth, that was his point of reference. His point of reference could have changed from what he thought of Paris before he got there. So, what is your point of reference? Or if I say uh, an angry black woman, what's your point of reference? Is it a movie title? Is it uh, a story you read? Is it first-hand experience that you had every black woman you run into cursed you out? Is it um, mythical? Is it a stereotype? Be honest, what is your point of reference? I feel like too many times uh, I can speak well, I try to monitor it, but we can speak on things that we have very little information about and speak on these things as if that's the way it is. It's not. In most cases, it's not because we don't know anything about it firsthand. So, when I speak, I'm going to speak on not talking about they and consider your own point of reference. Um, if you're white, how many black people do you know? How many friends do you have? Um, how many are they neighbors of yours? Um, how, how just do you have work associations? Do you fellowship with people? And, and if you are black, what are your personal experiences? I'm not talking about that revelry we get when we want to talk about, yeah, you know, we know more about the hood than anybody else. I'm not talking about that bullshit. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about people you know and how you know them and and what school of, of living, what school of reference do you come from dealing with people? Um, so now let's get into why I'm speaking on this. Um, again, this is just my point of reference. Um, I have, and I will count them out to you. This is firstly Lauren Hill. The song is X Factor. I have been blessed to have, there's Jackie, uh, Wheezy, Arlene, Renee, Nancy, Mickey, Janice, Joyce, Amina, and Marcia. I have 10 sisters, 10. Knock on wood, praise God, they're all still alive. I love them all. Um, yeah, I had nine before. If you listen to the podcast, and thanks for listening. We've been on this for five years. I did have nine then, but I found another one. It's a long story. We'll get back to that. But I have ten sisters. So, and I was raised by my mother and my grandmother. My grandmother, Irene Tallulabelle, lived to be 103. My mother, Eleanor Agnes, or Agnes Eleanor, depending on the year, lived to be 80 years old. Um, so I've been around a lot of black women. That's my point of reference. I was raised by in the house black women. There was a lot of men in the neighborhood, but within my home, it was black women. So I went to I went to college 
I lived in Philadelphia, went to North Carolina for school, so I've traveled around a little bit. So I've run into a lot, and I have relationships with a lot, and know of a lot of women. Um, it's always amazed me how our society throws shit up against the wall, and whoever has the loudspeaker at the time is the one that makes it stick. Let me say that again. Our society will throw anything up on the wall based on an image, based on a story, even based on one real life event. We will throw things on the wall and if it sticks, if it becomes popular, or if it's passed on, like stories back in the old days, when all it was when the time was all you could do was tell stories or draw shit in the sand. You pass it on. If it sticks, it sticks. And for a society of individuals, we all buy into the same shit over and over again. We're a society of, of mavericks, of leaders. Yeah, no, we're not. Sometimes we all feed off of what sticks because that's what we heard, especially if we have no personal interaction with whatever it is we're talking about. Now, do black women get angry? Absolutely. I'll say it again. Do black women get angry? Absolutely. But it's the term anger connotates to me that it's always negative. Um, you know, the stories of, we, I grew up watching images. Knowing people in my house is one thing. Knowing the black women in my neighborhood. I worked at the same corner grocery store from the time I was 11 years old until I went to college. I knew a lot of women, uh, Miss High, uh, Miss Sarah James. Now she came to cuss me out one time, but she was right. Um, a lot of black women in the air, in my in my neighborhood, they weren't all angry. I can't remember too many, you know, I, again, myths and stereotypes. Myths and stereotypes, like smoke and mirrors, just cloudy the reflections of something else. I don't know what's in their head. Um, I knew my mom and my grandma had 12 kids in the house. My mom worked a full-time job, came home and threw peas and corn on the table for 12 kids. If she had been angry, hey, she might have had every, could have been, could have been anger, it could have been frustration masked as anger, but she had a lot to do. My grandma, now, she was a mean man, she's a mean ass woman. But, but you know what? And, and I said this before. Even though she never told us verbally she loved us, I do recall that from in doing an interview with her when I was in high school, in my early college years, that my grandmother's husband died in 1951, Sam Bell. Um, my grandmother stayed in our home, my home in Philadelphia, from the 1951 to, well, I was born in 58. So my grandmother was there every single day. Wasn't like she hung out. She never said, hey guys, I'm going out. I'll see you later. She was there. We were making homemade biscuits. We had great Thanksgivings. We had food every day on the table. She switched us, yes. We, but you know what? Some of you guys might relate to this. We got to pick our own switch. But we still got weapons. But she was there every day. She might have told us she loved us, but she showed us she loved us. Now, but yes, people get angry. So what? 
Why is this such a big deal with black women getting angry? Why is that? Why did that mythology stick on the wall? Is it because y'all shake your heads and you point your fingers? Is it, I mean, you know, I used to make a joke about when I was fussing with my sisters, um, and I would let them know the minute I the minute I saw them shake their head and point their fingers, the next thing I knew they were going to do was close their eyes. That's when you tag them and run. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because. Because my sisters would start fussing, and then they would, you know, what we call getting you told, and they get you told with the head nod movement, and then the fingers start to point, and then while them fingers are pointing, their head's moving, it's like they're feeling it really good, and they want to close their eyes, and whack! I tag them, and I'm gone. Never worked out in the long run, but it's what we do. So, this next uh, artist, um, hmm, she wasn't angry either, but you know what she is? She's really good. This is the great Shaka Khan. The song is Better Days. Yeah, I'm playing women. Playing women music tonight. Um, here's the thing I do notice, though. Uh, things I have noticed in my lifetime. Um, and, and it happens with the women I'm related to by marriage. People are particular. You know, when you've been... When you've been portrayed a certain way. In your... Probably in your personal environment and in a worldly environment when you've been portrayed a certain way even though there are there could be similarities it's not you now and but once we see an ounce once our society sees an ounce of of something similar in a stereotype that we've heard we believe everything else that comes with it it's like we say, um, a lie can be based on 5% truth. Yeah, 5 10% truth. Every woman gets angry. Yeah, that's true. But once you see that and you believe the shit that's stuck on the wall about black women, it's a different thing. First thing, um, hmm, I'm not scared. Don't be scared. I'm not, I'm not scared. Um, I, I do say this about the women I've known and the situations I've been in. It is, I believe that when a woman gets, is proven to be right about something. <laughs> when, when the black women I know, when they're proven to be right about something, they think that gives them the pass, a, a pass on the next five things that come down the road. You could give a woman full credit for being absolutely right about what she's talking about on a particular instance. But when that happens, from my personal experience, not from what they said, not from any other point of reference, from my point of reference, what happens after that is the next five or six, at least five or six things that you have a decision to make about. They're already right before they even make the decision. Like we owe them the next five, okay? I don't buy any of that. Start everything at zero. Now, it's, we don't do that, but we should. Um, and there's certain things that women feel they could do better, just like men. Um, I've, I've known, um, when I had kids, when, when the woman I'm related to my, my marriage, Lisa, hi. When the woman I'm related to my marriage and I had two children, I was excited at the prospect of being a father doing everything to help raise my children. 
So when I learned to change diapers, um, periodically, Lisa would suggest to me a certain way to do it. Well, I'm results-oriented, results-based, so if I got the poop out or the pee out, I clean the kids, clean my kids, I use powder, or we won't use talcum powder anymore, but then I use talcum powder and I put the diaper on them and it stayed up, I'm a success. I don't need to do it the way she did it. Now, that can bring on a little bit of steam dealing with the sister sometime. It could bring on a little bit of steam. Let me say this also too. The title is The Myth of the Angry Black Woman. Put any shade of, of humanity you want on it. Put any shade of humanity you want on it, okay? We're the image that you hear. What I'm talking about is the image that you hear and the stereotype you see. But uh, it could relate in any other shade. So, but when I changed the diaper, I wanted to change it like I wanted to, okay? My kids too. So as long as the kid was clean, as long as the kid was fresh, the diaper was changed correctly. I give into that, and the next five to ten things, I would have to learn how to walk them properly, how to brush their hair properly, how, and properly means the way it would be done by her. Hey, it wasn't anger. It was just taking care of things the way people want. They wanted to be assured of them taking care of it. Of, of the child being taken care of. Now, that could be with children. That could be with cooking. If I Now, I will give in more to cooking because I haven't had as much experience cooking as when I'm related to by marriage. But that doesn't mean I know how to cook. I lived in Studio B for 14 months, and if I didn't know how to cook, I knew how to buy food. So there's, there's ways to get around all of that kind of stuff. Okay, back to what I'm saying. Um, I don't believe women are angry. I believe... That again, your individual experiences will line up with your thinking. But I believe that we can't keep buying to the shit that sticks on the wall. We gotta interact. This is Candace, Candace Springs, uh, in a Sanborn session, David Sanborn session. Her song is Love Got in the Way. Yeah. So, great song. Um, hmm. We have to stop personally forcing labels on people. Forcing labels changes relationships. Forcing labels anticipates uh, actions or interactions that might not take place. You set, set landmines in your head for things you've heard about or feel that might happen long before they may or may not happen at all. Clear? You don't need filters to talk to people, okay? Sometimes a woman can get angry, absolutely. Let them get angry. If they have a reason to or if they don't have a reason to. That doesn't mean I throw them in the basket. I throw them in the crab bucket and they're left watch them fight to get out. That doesn't mean that every person I see after that, every woman I interact with after that, every time I see a, a woman angry or have seen a black woman angry, I don't believe that's the, it is just because that's the way they are. Black women are loving. Black women are sensitive. 
they might not seem to act like they are, but they're very sensitive. Black women are, from my point, again, from my point of view, black women, okay, you know what a black woman told me once when I was 17, and she was a little bit older than that. She said, if you can make a woman comfortable, you make a woman happy. Now, that has a lot of different meanings, making a woman comfortable. If I know how to make women comfortable, then I can make women happy. Everybody has a comfort zone. The one thing I will say that I've learned in all my years dealing with women, um, you can make them comfortable, You can understand them, but they're all different people. They're all different people. And comfort comes long before trust. Women can, you can make women comfortable, but if women trust you, that's a whole nother issue. And trust is real. Comfort can be cosmetic. Trust is real, comfort may be cosmetic. But in order for you, them to, you to make them trust you, uh, you gotta trust yourself. I understand that. Firstly, you know what? I, I was there when both my kids were born. Um, my oldest son had a C-section. Uh, no, my oldest son, this had a C-section. So I got to cut the cord and clean him and weigh him and all of that stuff. My youngest son was me and the nurse and I got to pull him out. Hey. I never had any aspirations about ever wanting to know any more about childbirth than I do. Just the fact that they reproduce and we can't in some way is, is yes, that gives you dominion on the topic of raising children because you had them. But I'm going to get as much involved and I got as much involved as I could because I helped make them. Um, certain things, yes, they're going to get angry. People are going to be angry. But I don't believe we continually need to buy into the stereotypes. Feed the shit that sticks on the wall. Feed your spirit. Talk to the women you know. Let them talk to you. There is no such thing as an angry black woman. They're all beautiful. They're all sweet. They're all loving. They all have moments. Yes, we all do. Be blessed. Talk to somebody. This is the Talking Albums podcast on Spotify. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Talk to you soon.